Discover why critics are calling Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes the best film of the franchise. What a wonderful day! It's a jaw-dropping spectacle that demands to be seen on the biggest screen possible. I need to go. Hang on. It is our time. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Now playing only in theaters. Tickets on sale now. Rated PG-13. Some material may be inappropriate for children under 13. Do you want a beautiful lawn? Enter True Green, the easiest way to get a great lawn. Just water and mow and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour. And they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com, T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed. All right, family, welcome to Brother from Another. And before I do anything else, I would be remiss. I will tell you, I would be remiss if I didn't ask my sister, Rita Hubbard, the NFL chick. How she's doing. Rita, how are you doing? I'm great. Thank you for asking. How are you, Holly? Yeah, you know what? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. And the reason I ask you that, well, not, not I mean, there are many reasons I ask you that. One, I care how you're doing, sincerely. <laughs> and then the other reason, Rita, is that this is the In Your Feelings edition of Brother from Another. Like everything we talk about today. It's going to cover the range of human emotions. Everything is there on the spectrum. And, you know, I think I was thinking about it. Maybe jealousy is not there, but that's going to come up somehow. Somehow that's baked in there. Uh, We'll get to jealousy. Believe me, we always do. But whether it's whether it's talking about family fights in college football between the Big Ten members of the Big Ten, whether it's talking about your town, Baltimore and looking for respect put some respect on our name give us our props whether it's just at the quest for respect or where we start today our views of public vulnerability our views of football players and the expectations what really makes for what makes up for uh, or, or how do we define emotional toughness, mental toughness, fortitude. A lot of us maybe have antiquated views of really what that means. I'm talking about Caleb Williams. You know, Caleb Williams on Saturday, USC loses to Utah. And Caleb Williams, excuse me, loses to Washington. I stand corrected. Uh, USC loses to Washington. Although Caleb they did, Williams you, just they did lose to Utah, though. They, they, they also lost to Utah. They also lost to Utah. <laughs> yes. But this is their third loss. They lost to Notre Dame. They lost to Utah. They lost to Washington. And here we are. Here's a, a scene. Caleb Williams, an only child, uh, jumps up into the stands. And he is with his mother. And he's just crying. He's crying. Uh, and he was asked afterward, Rita, no, why are you crying? And he said, really, I, I don't know. It was a lot of things. A lot of things going on there. And this has led us to a very interesting place where you have some headlines that you see if you're watching on YouTube, uh, if you're watching on Peacock TV, or you're uh, consuming this on YouTube, you can see it. If you're listening on Sirius XM Channel 85, try, take my word for it. 
<laughs> there's some positive headlines. We we'll say, hey, Caleb Williams, we should be able to cry. Men, in particular, should be able to cry. And we shouldn't judge those who are just happen to be crying in spaces that we don't always expect them to cry. And then you see a, a headline from Barstool says, uh, we just have to say it, Caleb Williams crying. They think it's weird. They just think it was a weird story. And so Rita, before I pass it to you, I'll just say this. I see, I feel like I need to say this. I need to say this, Rita. Okay, before we get into this conversation, that although I'm a professor, um, I'm not the type of professor who stands in front of the classroom and just lectures and then tell the students to, to be on their way. The sage on the stage, they call it in academia. I'm not the sage on the stage. What I like to do, I'm a semi-circle kind of brother. I like to get people sitting around. I may sit at the head of the uh, circle. I may sit off to the side. I might be sitting next to this junior over here and let somebody else lead the conversation. So I don't need to be lectured. So these people saying, how dare you talk about men and men not being able to cry. That's not the conversation. I believe in crying. I cry all the time. It keeps my head shaved. I cry every day. I try to. I believe in crying. I believe in men crying. That's not the conversation. So I don't need to be lectured on do I believe men should cry and is this the 1950s? Nah, I cry. I cry when I'm happy. I, I, I cry when I'm sad. I cry just sometimes because I'm due. I really think this is a conversation, and in, in, in my view, I think some of, the, some of the narratives are a little off. It's just we don't know what to think of it. We don't know what to think of it, Rita. I don't think it's people saying, well, some people might say, hey, men can't cry. It's, we're, we've seen Michael Jordan sobbing after he won a championship. We've seen people cry after losing a championship. It's not very often that we see in the middle of the season or uh, three quarters through the season, an athlete cry, a star quarterback cry after losing a game. And we don't have to know all the details. I just, I think that's, it, the conversation is kind of going in different places. But for me, I don't know about you, but for me, I think that's where it starts. Hey, what is going on here? Not you shouldn't cry. What do you think? So you're asking what he's crying about as opposed to him. Well, crying? I don't know. Oh, you'll never okay. yeah, listen. You never know what anybody's crying about. I'm saying the conversation okay. that the, the people lecturing me about, hey, men can cry. I know <laughs> right. I'm a man. Right. I cry. It's, it's cool. Right? Like, what, 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 what are we talking about? Yeah, I know. I know men can cry. Uh, so I, I think the conversation, that's not really the, the, the intriguing point to me. The intriguing point is why did it happen there? Why did it happen there after uh, a game? It's like their 10th game of the year. It's not a bowl game. Uh, as far as I know, it's not a, significant there's no significant milestone that did or did not happen here 
you know, and it could be a totally private matter. I think it's drawing so much attention because there's not something to there's not a box just to check. Like even right. even if you think uh, you, you think a brother is a caveman and, and I'm, I'm going to say women too. There's some women who probably look at it and say, well, why is he doing that? You might think this is a caveman or a cave woman who is not an evolved individual. Even that person has seen athletes cry and they get it. It registers for them. It's, there's no dissonance. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Athletes cry. And they, they won a championship. They lost a championship. Won a bowl game. Lost a bowl game. Uh, struck out to end the World Series. Made a huge turnover. Whatever it is, I think a lot of people, and I'll put myself in that category, a lot of people aren't really sure to make of this because it's not obvious. There's no obvious corresponding event that goes with the tears. Yeah, I, I get that. Um, a couple of things here. First and foremost, if you find uh, that a man emoting is weird behavior, maybe you should take a deep dive into why you think that that's weird behavior. Maybe it's you and it's not him. First and foremost. Secondly, I think that there's a lot of discourse about what happened because people do not like Caleb Williams. Caleb Williams is perceived as being cocky. You know, last year, um, he, you know, he lol a tweet uh, that RG3 wrote about Max Duggan. Um, and so people consider that to be tacky or classless. He was 20 years old last year, by the way. He's a 21-year-old. To me, still a kid, but young man nonetheless. Um, there's the unconfirmed reports that have been going around about him asking for NFL stock and whatever team that he chooses or that he's going to sit back and, you know, not go to the NFL if it's a team that he doesn't like. So I think, Holly, a lot of the discourse that we're seeing is tied into play that a lot of people do not like Caleb Williams. Let me I want to be clear hmm. on that. But the, the, what we saw on, on Saturday's game is, to me, a lot of things. There's a lot of frustration with him. He is putting up points. He is doing his job and then some um, being the, the quarterback of USC. And unfortunately for him, he plays for a coach that does not care about defense, didn't care about defense when they were at Oklahoma. Then they just took their business and went west and he has the same old practices. They just fired the defensive coordinator probably because he's tired of his quarterback being emotional and crying because he knows that if he is not the person that's putting them in positions to win, they're not going to win any of these games. Essentially, when you watch USC games, Holly, I'm watching Caleb Williams play his ass off, and then I'm watching the defense just do cardio for 60 minutes. I mean, they're literally <laughs> out there running around, not doing anything. And look, I don't like talking bad about college kids because at the end of the day, I still feel like that they're college kids. But well, clearly, clearly Lincoln Riley does not care about the defensive side now. of the ball which puts all of the pressure on Caleb Williams. He's probably upset about a lot of things. He was probably frustrated. He was probably upset because yet another game, that was a big game, by the way, was a game that they lost. There's a legacy that's tied to all of this because there's a livelihood that's tied to this, which is why I have no problem with athletes emoting because this is their job. Us as spectators can sit here and, and we can criticize and we can judge all day, but guess what? We have real jobs and we go to work. That is their job. That is, and sports is tied to legacy. 
lots of times. And that also includes college players. Look how we still talk about guys like Tim Tebow, who did nothing in the NFL, but we consider him a great college player. Caleb Williams is a great college player who I, we, I have to assume wants to take it to the next level of the NFL. Oh, yeah. And he has to worry yeah. about his legacy of, well, USC just couldn't do it. Nah, I'm doing my part over here. If I'm Kayla Williams, that's what I'm saying privately, obviously, not publicly. But I just think that his emotions, it just got the best of him. He is tired of losing football games because his defense can't stop a nosebleed. I would be fed up too, Well, Holly. Okay. I, I get All it. Right. Oh, yeah, yeah I, 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 I get it to a degree. I get it to a degree because we're being real here. That's what we all, if those of you new to brother from another, we do it. That's what we do. We just take on we uh, we embrace uncomfortable topics happily. It's 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 built into who we are. It's just what we do. So uh, we're always real too. Always always keeping it a buck on a brother from another. Love this show. Love everybody who's on it. Everybody who produces it. Just love it. I'm just I'm just full of I'm in my feelings today, Rita. I'm in my feelings. Okay. All right. So he's gonna be. Unless something crazy happens, unless something crazy happens and a crazy general manager takes over the team with the number one pick, uh, he's going to be the top pick in the draft. And let's say there's a, a team that finishes number one or finishes with the worst record in the league. It doesn't need a quarterback. Let's say Carolina finishes with well, they, that's a bad example because they don't have a pick. But let's somebody let's say somebody finishes with the worst record and they don't quote unquote need a quarterback. They'll trade out of the spot to somebody who will take Caleb Williams. That's going to happen. So he's going to be a franchise quarterback for one of these teams in 2024. We're going to be talking about him. How did Caleb Williams look yesterday uh, as the Patriots barely got by the Dolphins? Patriots quarterback Caleb Williams. Okay. Um, you mean to tell me? I just want to be—I want to be clear on this. You mean to tell me that if Caleb Williams, if they were to lose their ninth or tenth game of the year, the Patriots, with Caleb Williams, dropping their record to four and six, and he leaps into the stands and he cries, that we're just supposed to look at that and say, "Hey, athletes, emote." Like, are you? I mean, I did. That, <laughs> I did. I, I don't know why that's hard. The, it, why do okay, we consider come on now, come on, Rita, Rita. No, 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 no. no. I, come, on. come on, he's a human hey, being. Hey, he's a human I know. being oh, so, allowed to so feel the, whatever he wants to feel in that moment. The only thing that I wish that he would not have done was cried in that moment because now we have to have these conversations about when it is appropriate to emote. It's appropriate to emote whenever you see fit, but because people are uncomfortable with their emotions and don't know how to, now we have to sit here and pacify it because other people aren't in tune with how they feel. And that's the problem. The problem ain't Caleb okay. Williams. The problem is everybody else who doesn't, who thinks it's weird because they don't know how to do it or have been taught not to do it. That's the problem. Or, or okay, all right. So I, I just I want to know because I, I think that's that's painting with that that brush is too broad. I'm gonna painting with a broad brush. So I, I just want I want to I want to give some parameters around it. Um, yesterday, I made a couple of mistakes on brother from another. I said a game was on. Thursday game was on Tuesday. Uh, yesterday, I didn't really deliver it the way I wanted to. 
if I am to cry in the middle of this show because I am frustrated with myself, are you okay? With, you're okay with that? I, I can cry. I can cry it during is the show. Do, oh, it, stop it. it. I don't believe me. you. It is, I, I don't listen, believe it. Holly, it is not for me to it. understand what you're going because it clearly it might not be from that. What you're crying about might not come. That just might have been the icing on the cake, but it could have been a lot of variables right. that played into you having In a day. break at that moment. I could be going through. And that's, that's just what I'm saying. We do not know what these people go through. We have no right. idea what these people are going through. And sometimes it becomes overwhelming and you can't control when you have those moments. And so we have to be more understanding of sometimes though it's not for us to understand. You got your own problems to worry about. I know I do. So for me to worry yes, about what Williams was going through How at that moment that? is very insensitive you know so much? to me who deals with my own issues and, 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 you know, tries to dictate to myself when it is to cry, when it is not to cry. And, but ultimately I just think that that's a competitive spirit for him. To me, I look at what Caleb Williams did and said, look, I'm the ultimate competitor out here, man. Every week I give my all. And some, for some reason, it's not enough. We are not in the college football playoff. We've lost three games. I mean, you're, you're going to get a bowl game, right? But yeah, it, it's right. going to be a good bowl game. Is it going to be the cheese it bowl game? I mean, like, and, and so <laughs> for him, it's like, what else can I do? What more can I do to make us be the team that I believe that we can be? And really, it ain't on him, but he's putting it on him. He's putting that on his shoulders. And unfortunately, okay. they're just not good enough. Not on one side of the ball, anyway. Yeah, okay. I, I, I'm, I'm just really, I'm conflicted about it, obviously. I'm just going to be honest with you. I'm conflicted about it because I told you where I stand on crying. I really am. Like my wife will say to me, what my wife will say to me, oh look, look at you, looking for another excuse to cry. Look, you just, you just waiting, you just waiting for an opportunity, aren't you? Yes, I am. So, I am, I'm fully, uh, I'm so comfortable in my skin when it comes to that, and I'd have to so say, so makes this conflicted pretty, for you then? I, I'm pretty, pretty proud of myself that I'm comfortable, uh, the way I've raised my boys. Okay. In particular, uh, yeah, that's like, no. I, I have never ever said to them, and I, I, you have to read their memoir. Maybe they come up with an example in their memoir in twenty years uh, that I said it. Then I, I, I that I'm lying right now. But I don't. I don't remember ever saying to them, "Hey, don't cry. Get up. Rub some dirt on it." I'm, I'm not. I'm not that kind <laughs> of. I, I've never been that. I've never been that kind of father. But okay. I also believe very strongly in the quarterback and leadership. So when he is when he is leading his next franchise. Yes, he's sending the message that it's okay for his teammates to cry in these moments, but I don't want that. If I'm being honest, I don't want my locker room doing that all the time after a game in November. Hey, 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 fellas, I, I, I'm sorry. I, I know you're going through it. I know it's okay to cry, but what are we doing? What are we doing? Yeah. It's a conference game. If Lamar, you mean to tell me, and, and I've been to Baltimore many times, you mean to tell me, Rita Hubbard, God is our witness, that Lamar Jackson, they lose to the Browns. Mm-hmm. who they beat by 25 points earlier this year. They lose to the Browns. They're six-point favorites. Not that I'm betting on it. Six and a half. Uh, they lose to the Browns. They're favored to beat the Browns. 
and they lose to the Browns by 10 because your D coordinator is not putting uh, Lamar in a position to be successful. And he starts crying in the stands. I'm, I'm telling you, I'm, it, look, Rita Hubbard might be good with it. I'm telling you, most of your listeners yeah, will have I, will have something to say about it. I don't even know why. Am you I right? Uh, no, why did you? I don't even know why you brought up November. I don't. Uh, there's only three weeks left in college football season, so there's that. There, that's different. Okay. Okay. Three, end, okay. Three games. Okay. How about, how about how about game fourteen of the make the how about game fourteen of the NFL? Let's go apples and apples. He, here's the thing, though. He's a, he's 21 years old, though. He's, you're, you're asking me what do I expect out of Lamar Jackson? And look, if Lamar Jackson is upset about something, at least he cares. At least he cares. At the very yeah. least, him emoting shows me that he cares about winning. So, no, I don't care. To be honest, I don't care about stuff like that. Because ultimately, if you are if you care about something enough and you're passionate enough about something and it bothers you that much, sometimes crying is, is what happens. The, I think y'all need to talk to somebody. Go talk to the lady, okay? I don't know if y'all, because there's clearly an issue here about what you consider is moments of when it is okay and moments when it is not, not okay. I am not going to tell somebody who is doing a job that they are not, and, and they feel like that they are not doing their job, that they are not in a position that they can't cry. I'm not going to do that because I would not want someone to do that to me. And I think that that's the problem here. It's like, we consider these men manly men. Well, what does manly men mean? Does it mean that he can't cry because he upset about essentially his Pac-12 championship uh, going down the drain? Because he's probably not going to go to the Pac-12 championship. I mean, that was literally on the line. And he only has three games left. And you know it's not going to get better for USC. You know it's not going to get better. They've given up 40-plus points five out of six games in a row. What more can Caleb Williams do? I'd be crying too because I'm tired. Mm. I'm MF and tired because nobody else wants to Bruh. do that part. And I'm the one that got to yeah, yeah. do that. See, I don't around. like that. Crying aside, but see, crying aside, okay, take crying out of it. I don't like that mentality. What's the, what mentality? I, if, that's what he's, if, that, if that's what he's thinking, I don't like that mentality. Like, hey, I'm doing it. It's a team sport, bro. It's a team sport. And like, you're doing everything you can and you're frustrated because it ain't working out. Well, hey, you ain't the only one frustrated either. We're all frustrated. So he's not allowed to and, feel but, a type but, of way because he's no, no, maximizing. He, uh, no, no, no. See how this is where you wrong. No, you can. You can emote. This is where you wrong. Come on, come because, on. Because 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 when you have group projects, and I look as a person that has done this as a grown adult in college, everybody don't pull mm -hmm. their weight, and it affects your grade. You can do one hundred and ten percent, but if somebody's giving you twenty percent, they're going to bring you down. So that's not, so yes, it is a team, but if, yeah. if an individual like me is doing my part and I'm doing, I'm giving you all, I'm not supposed to feel some type of way that someone else is not doing their job in the group project. That ain't how that hey, goes. Hey, hey. Come on. Hey, Rita, Rita, group project. I love your example. I love your example of the group project. Now you're speaking my language. Thank you. So in the group project, <laughs> in the group project, Caleb Williams, his, he's go get an A plus regardless. He's getting an A plus regardless because homeboy's gonna be the number one pick in the draft. He's already got money. He's like, you say, you know, you don't want to talk about college kids. He's a college kid with with six figure deals. Okay, yeah. he's gonna be all right. He's gonna be all right. So 
if, if the frustration is you're making me look bad, yeah, I'm making you look bad, but it's not affecting your next level, whereas some people on the O-line, some people on the defense, it might be affecting their next level because they may have gone from first rounders to seconds or third rounders. They may be going from fifth rounders to uh, uh, undrafted free agents in the group project, but the leader of the group, no matter what they do, if USC loses their last three games, Caleb Williams could be the number one pick. I'm just saying, like, we can't make excuses. And this is beyond crying now. I'm not talking about crying now. Now I'm talking about leadership and, and, and being a part of a team dynamic. You cannot say, hey, he's only doing that because he wants to win. Because a lot of people want to win, but they still think of their actions, how their actions and how their thoughts affect other people in the group. So... Yeah, yeah, I don't, I know I don't, you're I don't see it that way at all. I, I don't think I know you don't. I know you don't. I think he I think he wants his team to be great. I think he wants the team itself to be great. I think he wants them to level up and they just not doing it. I love They're this. not gonna do it. Rita, They're not built to do it. Rita, I, I'm telling you, we should just we can keep having this conversation. This is so good. I I, I learned from I'm learning from you. I'm I'm wait, it's just, this is good. This is good. This is healthy. We're in our feelings. We're in our feelings on brother from another. We're in our yes, feelings. Yes, and you are. said, maybe, maybe we need to go see somebody. Maybe I'll go see somebody. Maybe. Have you ever brought your magic to Walt Disney World like, hey, we came to play? Did you tip your tiara to a Creole princess or get goofy officially? When we come through, it's true magic. Because we came to play at Walt Disney World Resort. Discover why critics are calling Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes, the best film of the franchise. What a wonderful day! It's a jaw-dropping spectacle that demands to be seen on the biggest screen possible. I need to go. Hang on. It is our time. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes, now playing only in theaters. Tickets on sale now. Rated PG-13. Some material may be inappropriate for children under 13. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. Yeah, I will. You never know. All right, welcome back. Of course, we just couldn't let it go. We couldn't let it go. Uh, Dan Wetzel, outstanding columnist, and uh, Wetzel... You know, read his column on it and he said, hey, look, if you feel the way you feel about Caleb Williams and crying, uh, there's nothing that's going to change your mind. And this is just a, this is like, you know, we, we should put all this, you know, Connor Rogers, we should put all this in a time capsule and, you know, let the people, you know, 50, 60 years from now go into that time capsule to see what our conversations were about, were about. And, and, and maybe they're much more evolved or they say, oh, that was an argument. They spent 20 minutes talking about that on a show called what, Brother from, from, from Brother from Another. They talked about that. Whatever. I don't know. But I do want to know this. How do you feel about it? You heard the last five minutes of our conversation. How did you feel about Caleb Williams crying then? How do you feel about Caleb Williams crying now? I think it was kind of a pinnacle of a frustrating season, right? And there's a lot of emotion in the sport. And there's, if you know anything about Caleb Williams, there's a lot of emotions from him. He's a very 
hard-nosed player, a very intense player. I think people kind of had him mixed up of what they thought of him, whether it was the painted nails or the fact that I, I don't even know, maybe that he got in the transfer portal. It feels like there's a negative light on stars that do that as much as I think it's great for them. He followed his coach. He's had a lot of success. He's been viewed as a future number one overall pick for as long as you really can be. Um, and then when you see that side of him, I think people are always going to look to poke holes in you when you come into the season at the top, right? Not just a Heisman guy, not just a Heisman winner, but the fact that you are looked at as a surefire lock to be the number one overall pick in the following draft before you even play your final college season. People will look to tear you down. That's generally how it goes in sports. And it doesn't, you know, people sink beneath that all the way down to the college level that are still amateur sports, despite that these guys are making money now, well-deserved money. So I didn't, it didn't bother me. I was actually surprised it turned into what it did. I, I guess I shouldn't have been, but I think it was an emotional moment for what's been a frustrating season that hasn't gone as he's as he had planned. And it was with his family, which... You know, once again, I'm sure these things happen behind the scenes all the time. But since it was in the stands and the cameras were on, it turned into this social media moment like all things do these days. Do you think that uh, Rita and Connor want to get you both on this and then we'll talk about something else? <laughs> we go away from our Caleb Williams uh, conversation. Do you think that this is something that will come up in his NFL interviews. I mean, the team's going to take him anyway. He'll, he's going to go first regardless. He could bomb the interviews. I think he'll go first. But do you think it's something that teams will bring up uh, uh, in a negative sense or just uh, intimating that there's some negativity with it and that players, other NFL players, will look at this as something negative? Connor, then Rita. I don't, honestly. I think more so with Caleb Williams, what they'll look at. I don't, there's no questions about his character, right? How hard he works, how you know intense of a player he is, how he takes the coaching. I, I never hear a peep about any of those things with Caleb Williams. The things that I hear about are just getting him to play in a little bit more rhythm and structure rather than the uh, chaotic success that he has had. And once again, I mean, this is somebody that there's going to be holes poked in him because he's been at the top. But in terms of character, things like that throughout this process, no, that's, you know, you look back to last year, you think of somebody that went through that part of the process and justifiably so, especially when the police were involved, Jalen Carter, that's an example of somebody that you have to vet the background and make sure you're comfortable bringing him to the situation and that he's going to mature with your organization. But with Caleb Williams, I've never heard questions of maturity. I've heard he's just a really hard worker. I think if anything, a lot of coaches will like the passion, to be honest with you. They look at some kids at the college level and they think that maybe college football isn't their number one or number two priority in life. And for Caleb Williams, I don't know how anybody can deny that at this point. I'm with Connor. I mean, I feel like those tears were of passion um, because of the frustration. So if anything, it, he cares. He cares about winning. And if you're a GM, if you're a coach, you like that. And if you're planning on picking a guy, if, if Caleb Williams is available, then it doesn't matter to you anyway. So you're not going to ask that question because you don't care. You don't really care. Um, if anything, you just care about, you know, is he going to be able to adapt to the system? Is he going to work hard? Is Those are the things that I think that are more important than anything. But him crying, again, to me, just showed that, you know, he was passionate about what he does and, and that he what is going on with his team matters to him. And I think that that's, to me, that's an important character flaw, if anything, not a bad one. All right, well, listen, this is the last thing I'll say on it. Um, I, I want to thank you both for freeing me on this topic because I'm going to start crying a lot more often on this show 
and and that shit's gonna get real fast. Go get real old real fast for y'all. Okay, I just want to let you know. Okay, that's gonna get old, but that's can okay. Can I cry too? We, can, we say, can make the whole you, crying fast. I mean, we can you, do it. You 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 said it's okay, so yeah. I'm going to do it. And Connor, All I think right. I'm gonna see you in person. I'm gonna see you in person next week. I'm gonna be Caleb. You gonna be Caleb's mom? I'm crying on your shoulder. I'll put the studio. paper in front of your face, Michael, for sure. I promise. It's a week from tomorrow, I'll be there. Okay, so just just let you know. Just I got ready. you. Be ready. Be ready for that. Um, anyway, you're gonna have my makeup. You're gonna have my makeup on your on your nice. Don't wear a white shirt. I won't. Wear, I was gonna say I'm not wearing white. That's for sure. Hallelujah. <laughs> but speaking of tears, uh, I tell you, that reason to cry. Four snaps into the season, uh, the New York Jets. <laughs> they lose Aaron Rodgers. They are now four and four after really a pathetic display on Monday Night Football against the Chargers. And, and Connor, I, I want you know two part question. One, you know where do you think the Jets go from here? And two, do you think it's even realistic that Aaron Rodgers, he says he's coming back, will actually come back and play the season? Well, I think a lot of the second question depends on what they can do answering the first part of the question, right? And this is kind of the bed they've made themselves when they, throughout the offseason, didn't get a viable backup quarterback for their franchise savior that's nearly 40. And the reality is guys miss time in this league at the quarterback position in this era. Sure, you have the more catastrophic season ending, ending type injuries. We've seen Daniel Jones just tear his ACL. Kirk Cousins won't be coming back this year with the torn Achilles. I mean, but then you also have the reality, and this is something Rodgers knows very well from last year, you get banged up. He banged up his thumb last year. You could sprain an ankle. You could miss some time. And the Jets went into the year with Zach Wilson as the backup rather than stashing him away as a number three if they wanted to continue to develop him. Then they got through uh, to the trade deadline, and they didn't go out and get Josh Dobbs for a day three pick swap. They didn't call the commanders for Jacoby Brissett. These are things that I really struggle to understand the thought process behind because with the Jets right now, you watch them play. They just need to set a floor at the quarterback position, but they don't have that. And they have a lot of problems. They have problems on the offensive line. Nathaniel Hackett's had a really, really bad year calling plays. They don't have a viable number two wide receiver. But a lot of the things I just said are not things that you can change. Hackett is Rogers guy. You're not demoting him. The offensive line, it's due to injuries. There's not offensive line depth to go acquire in this league. And the same could be said about finding that other wide receiver. You can go acquire a different quarterback because you're dealing with the backup range of quarterbacks where that player could be a tier or two above Zach Wilson. And they chose not to do that. And now it's the hand they're dealt where they need to rely on their defense and special teams and run game to be perfect week in and week out to get them to the point of the season where Rodgers coming back would even matter. I, uh, what, what do you I, think, I, Rita? I mean, I can't. I don't have a whole lot to add to that. He's absolutely right. I mean, first and foremost, Nathaniel Hackett was hired for Aaron Rodgers, right? I mean, that's essentially what that was. They they are one of the same, and they and they work well together. And you saw what happened in Denver. You know, Denver, I think, thought that they could get a play for um, Aaron Rodgers last year in a trade and bringing in Nathaniel Hackett. Nathaniel Hackett doesn't really do a great job of um, allowing players to play to their strengths. And maybe that maybe that's because he spoiled with Aaron Rodgers and had that type of, of, of guy over the years. But ultimately, you know, everybody is on the line here. I don't really get the loyalty that anyone has, and that includes the GM and Joe Douglas. I don't, Salah, I don't know what the loyalty is because you could potentially lose your job um, with, yep. with Zach Wilson being the quarterback out there. It is very hard. This Jets defense is so good. 
and they are being wasted. They remind me of the early, the, the early to mid 2000 Ravens where their defense was phenomenal. And then they had no quarterback and they was just out there winging it. And it's not like they don't have skill players that are good on offense. It's just the quarterback situation, the offensive line, like Connor already said, it's really bad. So where do they go from here? Cause I feel like everybody's on the hot seat at this point because they didn't make any in-season mm. changes in terms of trade or bringing someone in to compensate for what's happened with this offense. Yeah, you talk about uh, the, the early 2000 uh, Ravens team or, or early 2000s Ravens teams. There were, there were a lot of them. You know, obviously there was one, the, one, the first one that won the Super Bowl, but there were some Ra- – the, the Ravens became synonymous with like good, sound, you know, reliable defenses. And so that was in the 2000s. Uh, early 2000s. Now, uh, the 2023 Ravens, it's not just their defense. They are just rolling people. They're rolling people. Like, this is what I would say. Like, hey, hey, where's the, hey, where, where do you want to meet? Oh, Baltimore? One o'clock? No, I'm good. No, I'm not going. I'm not. This is a setup. This is a setup. Y'all about to beat us down. Like, these are beatdowns that teams are taking at the hands of the Ravens. So, uh, Rita first, then Connor. Can we just say it without any qualifiers, without the right now, and if this continues, is this the best team in football? Is it the best team in football, the Baltimore Ravens? Rita. Now you already know the NFL don't work that way. That you you can't you can't put right nows or disclaimers in there because it's week to week it changes. But, That's just the way that the league but, goes, right? But and you yes, call right it. Now, hey, you got Philadelphia, Philadelphia, yes, Kansas City, Baltimore. You're taking yes, Baltimore. But, and yes, while that is true. The Baltimore Ravens, to me right now, are the most sound because the opponents that are coming in that are, you know, supposed to be these really good teams, they essentially are not letting score. You know, coming into that, sorry, I got to bring this up, Holly, but I know the Detroit Lions is the brother from another's team. I understand. But coming into that game, I believe they had the number three DVOA on offense, the Detroit Lions. And then you saw what happened to that. Then we kept hearing, oh, you know, they got DK Metcalf and, you know, they got JSN and, you know, Tyler Lockett over here. And then they only allowed three points. So I think that Philadelphia absolutely is in that conversation. But Philadelphia's defense is not shutting teams down the way that the Ravens are doing. And they're still winning games on offense with running the football, but they've become a little bit more balanced now with passing as well. I'm with you, Rita. I think my favorite thing about this Baltimore team is that, and when you look for translating success into the playoffs, is how can you counterpunch? Can you win in a variety of ways? And they go out in the offseason, they get Todd Munkin, who is definitely a more pass-happy play caller uh, than Greg Roman was. But Munkin's not a guy that's completely ditching the run at all. He understands it's the DNA of the Ravens team. They could be a power run team with Gus Edwards. I think they found a new speed element in Keaton Mitchell, who I still can't believe was an undrafted player out of East Carolina. We know what Lamar can do with his legs. We know what Lamar can do with his arm. They have a great front seven that can rush the passer and stop the run. And because they could rush the passer, it's going to help out that secondary. Mike McDonald's going to be one of the hottest future head coaching names, I think, in the next, maybe not the next coaching cycle, but maybe two years from now as well. And when you can win in a variety of different ways, 
that's how you have these long sustained runs. I think this is the question that everybody has about Miami right now. It feels like when they get their Ferraris out of the garage, they can run over anyone. But when there's some pressure on Tua or their defense falters, they've collapsed this season. Where Baltimore, I look at them the opposite way. They can play up to their opponents at any level because of the different counter punches that they have as a roster and from their coaching and that they have an MVP under center. Yeah, I like what you said about Miami, especially because, uh, you know, that's kind of the dividing line right there. You see these Super Bowl odds, you know, the Chiefs travel well, the Eagles travel well, the Niners, I, I don't want to talk about them. I, I, don't get me started <laughs> on the Niners. But Ravens travel well, but then Cowboys, Dolphins, and now you got to include Lions. Questionable, does it travel well? I, I think the Bengals travel extremely well, as most teams in the AFC North do, but Miami is a good point. Ferrari's out, they're ready to go. But Connor, when they come to Stamford, Connecticut, and you know, it's that little, that, that, that salt on the road, salt on the asphalt, they throw the sand down, the Nor'easter, they don't know nothing about a Nor'easter, they don't know nothing about it, and they just want to go back in the house. But uh, final thing, I want to ask you both about college football because we had a little, um, and, and for those who have kids, you've heard this many times, and the Big Ten did it. The Big, the Big Ten kind of replicated um, what I've dealt with, with with my own kids, especially when they were younger. Hey, you, did you do that? Uh, maybe, but but guess what she did? Uh, 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 but you know what he did? And like, wait a minute, uh, what, what, what are we doing? I, I thought we were talking about your behavior. Now they start diming each other out. Yeah, I might have done that, but you did this. Well, you did it first. And that's what happened with Michigan is supposed to be on the witness stand for employing someone who on has made should the government should bring them in should bring in the stallions character and teach Americans on how to stretch $55,000 a year because on $55,000 a year my man was able to travel to the Big Ten SEC buy two tickets eight tickets 12 tickets travel oh wow I just never knew you could do so much on $55,000 a year so they were supposed to be on the witness stand they're, uh, they're, they're uh, sign stealing. But now Michigan, under cross-examination, says, well, wait a minute. Did y'all know that Ohio State and Purdue and Rutgers were sharing information about our signals? How about them? And so this is where the Big Ten is right now. Uh, Connor and Rita, last words on what you think is going to happen in college football and how you see this, uh, this drama, how do you view this drama playing out right now? It feels like they're going to kick this can down the road because the implications on the season and on the big 10 this year would be catastrophic. It wouldn't be good for the conference. We know they're going to try to protect that. Um, and then it's going to be an absolute uh, hideous, gross, drawn out fight. I feel like after the season. So th there's a lot of story left with this that goes beyond Michigan. I agree. I don't think anything happens right now. Um, two of the top four teams in the college football playoff are two teams that you mentioned. One is Ohio State, who's number one. One is Michigan, who's number three. So if you start investigating and snooping now, not going to happen. They, 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 it's just it's too much on the line here. There's too much money on the line here, and everybody knows that. And so um, while I do think at some point something will happen, I definitely don't think it's now. I don't even know if it's next year. I'm with Connor. They're going to drag this thing down to the ground 
hope that somebody, you know, decides that they want to leave or, you know, maybe Jim Harbaugh goes back to the NFL or something like that, that can happen where then they can really come out and say certain things. But this isn't like Michigan State. Like no one cares about Michigan State. And, and I don't mean that to be rude. Everybody cares about Michigan. Everybody cares about Ohio State. They're the creme de la creme of the Big Ten and nothing is yeah. going to happen as of right now because yeah. there's too much on the line. As the music plays, hey, y'all, can y'all put up Rita's uh, disrespectful speed, uh, uh, feed item on Ohio State? I just want to, you know, as we play the music, like, who keeps voting for Ohio State? I saw that. I saw your little feed item I'm on sorry, Ohio State. Huntley. They do not deserve to be number one. I'm sorry. Oh, who keeps making Ohio State to be number one? What's that? What's that? What's that? What's up with that? What's that about, I'm sorry. Rita? They don't need to be number huh? one. Michigan is better than them right now. I'm sorry. Oh, they're better? Right better now, I say. Stealing. They're better at stealing oh. right now. <laughs> They're better at well, stealing. I mean, you're, you're not wrong, I know that. right? You're not wrong. Oh, we're gonna man. settle it. We're gonna settle it on the field then. We're gonna right. settle it and on I the can't field. Wait. Yes. Oh, I can't I can't wait either. <laughs> In their house. Go take it from the Have you ever brought your magic to Walt Disney World like, hey, we came to play? Did you tip your tiara to a Creole princess or get goofy officially? When we come through, it's true magic. Because we came to play at Walt Disney World Resort. Discover why critics are calling Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes, the best film of the franchise. What a wonderful day! It's a jaw-dropping spectacle that demands to be seen on the biggest screen possible. I need to go. Hang on. It is our time. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Now playing only in theaters. Tickets on sale now. Rated PG-13. Some material may be inappropriate for children under 13. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one McCrispie, so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. In their house. I can't wait. You gotta know when it's time to be done. Right. And that's usually not about another person, an affair, Uh or, you know some chick that's willing to like make you feel like a king. Cause that's right. why most men cheat. Most men cheat because that's, the, that's a fascinating to me. It's so gross. It's so stupid. I personally, listen, my quote and real don't cheat. You don't think so? Hell no. I kind of understand what they you mean not. when you say that. They do not. I understand what you it's, mean it's, when you say it's that. It's something in us. Yeah. That makes us want to be right. Right. Yes. Across the board. Rita, 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 let me tell you, I'm always honest with you. Uh, Maybe too honest. And so I'm gonna tell you, uh, when I saw this trailer, uh, Jeezy, J. Jeezy Jenkins, uh, J. Jenkins for the government, for government purposes, but Jeezy. That's what I like to call him, This conversation between, yeah, yeah, J. Jenkins. Uh, This conversation between Jeezy and uh, Nia Long. And I saw that trailer, I thought, oh, wait a minute. She about to say something. She about to say something about her high-profile breakup with Emei. And so I, I went in, maybe not expecting to listen to the whole thing. I listened to the whole thing. This is a fascinating conversation between two people, two celebrities who got real 
two celebrities who talked about their vulnerabilities, their their hopes and dreams, their their successful moments in love, love failures, talked about children, talked about Black America. I mean, I'm telling you, this was a great conversation. And they both said, hey, we need this. So we need this as Black people. I agree. And I, I wish more people, celebrities or otherwise, I, I wish more people would have these types of conversations. And I know they didn't do it because, hey, I'm looking for people to see me as human. Look, they, they got fans. They got more fans than we can count, both of them. So they don't necessarily need to prove anything. But I, I think it's just a blessing to see celebrities talk about things that, Rita, that you and I talk about at the kitchen table that you and I talk about over Thanksgiving dinner or, or Christmas dinner. I, I thought this was a, a beautiful, beautiful podcast. It's about an hour and it's worth every second and minute of your time. What do you think? Yeah, yeah I mean, it, it was interesting. Now, I will say that it's interesting that it came out when he filed for divorce and when he had a double album that came out. So feels yeah. PR. Oh, look. Maybe but, but listen, there's a marketing. There could be a marketing no, no, no. angle too. I, I okay. had an out, yeah, for sure. That that definitely happened, right? But I did have an opportunity to watch it. Um, and it still felt um like there were that was vulnerability. He talks about his mom in the beginning and his father growing up and how that affected him um essentially throughout his childhood and, and him being an adult and how he had to forgive his mother. And you know, there were a lot of great things that were said and, and they did touch a little bit on, you know, her situation and, and she all she talked about channeling um love energy to people, not necessarily like telling them or letting them feel it but she had to do that in order to let go um and to not feel a certain type of way i don't think jeezy excuse me jay jenkins i don't think jay jenkins is there yet because he said he wasn't he's not ready to give the love energy yet but look everybody is a work in progress right you can tell that jeezy over time done the work you can tell that he's you know trying to be a better person and, and his life experiences probably got him to the place of where he's at now but the one thing i think that was important is basically they talked about you know choosing yourself and being happy and you know sometimes when you do that holly that creates a lot of sacrifice because there's going to be people that's going to be hurt in the process you know whether it be the people that you you love and you've committed to whether it be family members friends whatever but sometimes you have to make the choice that's best for you and choosing you over everybody else is going to be that then that's just what it's going to be so it was really good to see them having those conversations that essentially are hard to have particularly amongst black people that's right that's right i say have it and and i, I know we went back and forth at the beginning to bring this full circle we went back and forth at the beginning of on caleb williams you know <clears throat> It, you can cry anytime you want. When is it okay to cry? Every time is okay to cry. You know, all that stuff. But I do believe, I, I believe that we, uh, particularly black people, need to talk more about mental health and like embrace it and, and seek therapists. And if you find a therapist that, that, that it doesn't, isn't a fit for you, seek another one. And yep. just don't give up on it and have these conversations and talk about things that we've gotten so used to. Yes. That are, we've gotten, we've normalized, in some cases, trauma. Like one part in there, uh, Yeezy says, look, uh, Jeezy, Jeezy says, um, 
You know, I used to go out every day. I used to go out. I put on an outfit thinking, hey, if this is my last day, if this is my last day, I'm going to make sure I look good. Okay. Yep. I'm going to make sure I got these. I got these boxes on. I got on my fresh socks and all this stuff. And Nia Long said to him, do you realize how, how much weight is with that? How much how traumatic that is? And so I'm, I'm sure he's not the only person to say that there are things that we because we've had we've had to in the United States of America. There is a double standard. Like I, I think, you know, we know that and everybody doesn't agree, but we know that Rita, there is a double standard. We've had to normalize things that would break other people. Absolutely it, would break other people. But in the course of dealing with that and we and it's a source of pride. Most folks I know take that as a source of pride. Yeah, I can handle it. Yeah, it's it's good that it didn't break you, but it's affecting you in some way and you've got to be able to communicate that and know that yes, you have the strength to deal with it, but it does leave some scars. Absolutely. And it does alter and it alters behavior. And so we should be able to talk about it. But this is great. I, I love this. Uh, I love this interview. Yeah, it's a marketing. And, and maybe Eddie. maybe I'll go out. I'll get the double album anyway. I'm going I'm to tell you something real quick as we go into break. The, the realest thing I heard. Yep. The strength is being in tune. Have you ever brought your magic to Walt Disney World like, hey, we came to play? Did you tip your tiara to a Creole princess or get goofy officially? When we come through, it's true magic. Because we came to play at Walt Disney World Resort. Discover why critics are calling Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes, the best film of the franchise. What a wonderful day! It's a jaw-dropping spectacle that demands to be seen on the biggest screen possible. I need to go. Hang on. It is our time. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Now playing only in theaters. Tickets on sale now. Rated PG-13. Some material may be inappropriate for children under 13. Life is a highway. And on it, there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. With your feelings and then within yourself, not the weakness. Oh, Rita, what a show. I mean, what it's a been show. a great show. Yeah. And I have I have really been encouraged by everything you've said today, save for your Ohio State slander. So I, didn't really I want appreciate to be clear. That. They belong in the top four. I want to be clear on that. They belong okay. there. I'm just saying I don't know that they're number one. They setting you up, Holly. They setting you up. Rita, OH. I O-H. I guess. I guess. Thank you. Oh, there it is. Thank you. <laughs> I knew you were a fan. I knew it. Life is a highway. And on it, there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. So go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. With the Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card, you can earn unlimited 2% cash rewards on purchases you want and purchases you need. That means you earn 2% cash rewards on what you want, like season tickets to watch your favorite team, and 2% cash rewards on what you need, like paying for parking. That's the beauty of the Active Cash Credit Card. It's ready when you are, with unlimited 2% cash rewards. The Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card. That's real life ready. Terms apply. Learn more at wellsfargo.com slash active cash. <laughs> 